answers. Kids back in school, leaves change color and cover the ground. And the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello, love Hello, love Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Hello, love Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, love Come on in, Satispel. Slider and I are uh, your genial hosts of the morning. We'd like you to grab a cup of coffee or orange juice or, I don't know, if you're coming off third shift, I guess it's a beer. It's okay. Um, have a little uh, beverage with us this morning, maybe a donut or a croissant if you would like to. And uh, we'll just uh, settle in and have a good time here this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. Temperature is dropping a little bit, but only a degree. Uh, 35 now at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Down from 38. 35 at the airport, 33 at the Highlands, 27 in Elm Grove at my home studio where I am not, and 33 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be sunny, high today up to around 53 degrees. Tom Scuteri, our Pentagon reporter, coming up in just a bit. Brad McElhenney also in this hour of the show. Um, Talking more about uh, Governor Justice and the debts that he has and the lawsuits that are filed. And the Justice companies filed a billion-dollar lawsuit yesterday. So uh, we will talk about that. First hour, we kicked off talking about um, obesity in West Virginia. We are number one. We're number one. We're number one. We're the fattest state in the country. Uh, and in all of the uh, ancillary uh, obesity statistics. And we also talked to folks at the American Lung Association. We're also down to the bottom of the barrel for cancer and for smoking. So that's we started off on kind of a negative note this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, off the uh, Frio Stack auction service text line, I smoked many years, Howard, tried many times to quit, unsuccessful every time. It is very addicting and nearly impossible to quit. A quadruple open heart surgery later, I quit. Yeah, and I feel for that person. Believe me, when I say don't waste your time trying to uh, get them to quit, I, I don't mean any disrespect there. It's just common sense. I, 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 I wish you all the luck, sir. Uh, and, and that's so often you know, what you hear. I mean, I hear it over and over again. People who know they shouldn't be smoking. They just can't quit. They can't quit. And they'll even try. And I'll give, I won't lecture. I'm, I try not to lecture, but I'll say, boy, you know, you'd be better off without smoking. I know, Howard, but I can't quit, can't quit. But it's next, when they come out of the hospital, they go, well, okay, maybe I'll quit now. How many times, I know, I, I haven't been in the hospital nearly as much as you, Howard, but coming and going, occasionally you would see some poor soul sitting in a wheelchair, hooked up to oxygen, yep. smoking, smoking a cigarette. Smoking. I'd be worried about blowing up, first well, of all. <laughs> but that is just really pathetic that... That they know it's killing them, but they just can't stop. And it is a it is a chemical addiction. It's a physical addiction. It's a nicotine addiction. 
but it's also a psychological addiction. And I get it. We, we joke here about Pepsi in the morning as an addiction, that I have an addiction to that. But it, it's, it's not, my body doesn't crave it necessarily. It's just, I feel better if I have a Pepsi in the morning. And it's like the smart people in the gaming industry, Howard. They figured out the smokers are their best friends. Yep. If they make the smoker comfortable, that is whatever personality they have will help them get in their pocketbook. Well, you know? listen, it's because the, the smoking and gambling and throwing alcohol if you want to, they're all generally addictive personalities. And they used to do that. Las Vegas used to pump them up full of uh, liquor, but then the laws caught up with them. You can't do that in West Virginia. I don't know how it works out in Nevada, but you can you, you can only give so many comp drinks out because, again, they figured out that that was the casino's other best friend. Get them hammered. But the bottom line is <clears throat> it's all addiction one way or another. <clears throat> I'm addicted to a little. You need a Pepsi, Howard. I need a Pepsi. That's what I need, a little Pepsi to get, uh, get that throat all figured out there. All right, 8.13 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Facebook Live is up for another 15, 20 minutes or so. Again, I'm doing it about half an hour every hour just for the heck of it until we get our video feed completely set up in here. Uh, Christine is with us. Uh, Mary is with us. Lonnie, I guess it's Lonnie, is with us as well. Lonnie Anderson is with us. Oh, Howard. if only she was. If only she was. Um, so uh, thank you for watching on Facebook Live. I'm just playing around with it the last couple of weeks. We have dropped doing it for a while, but it's back up and running. And uh, just I do it a little bit at a time. Don't do the whole time. All right. Is that Tom? It is. Raring to go. Tom Scateri has a lot to get into with us this morning. I want to talk a lot about Israel, Hamas, Gaza. Uh, this, the pictures coming out of Gaza, uh, I, I can't watch it. I can't watch. I can't watch the news anymore. It is so horrific. We'll talk about that. Are we going to get a government shut down in a couple of days here in this country, or we'll come up with a compromise? We'll talk about that and much more when our uh, po uh, Pentagon poet, Tom Scateri, joins us next. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense. Or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. Clairsville. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. It's jacket and hoodie weather outside, but we're like the warm indoors. Grab your coffee and sit a spell with us. Covering the valley with over 10,000 watts of power, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine, Wheeling Hospital. Time to meet some more. 
Fisher Slider, you are such the sly one and such a good bumper music preparer. Well, I hope Tom likes it. Uh, we are introducing our uh, Pentagon poet. He's the poetry man, Tom Scateri. <laughs> good morning, wow, Tom. Wow, that's really nice, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Very, very nice. Yeah, Bob Bob got that. He says, you're going to like this, Howard, and son of God, and that's that's really cool. You, so you're the poet. We should use that as his intro now. You know that, right? We'll make that the Poetry Man intro. Tom, a lot I want to get into in, in a relatively short period of time, so I want to get right to the... I have as much time as you need, Howard. But I don't. I don't. That's okay. the thing. See, today, <laughs> I don't. So I need to get right to this today. Um, okay. Let's, ta- let's ta- take a couple of stories here on this side of the pond first. There is another government showdown, a shutdown looming. Speaker, the Speaker of the House has come up, I guess, with a sort of a plan, two-tiered plan. Looks like Democrats may go along with it. Bring us up to speed yeah. on where we are with this whole thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not using the word looming. I have, I changed it to calling because <laughs> it seems a little less ominous. No, no, and I mean that seriously because of what you just said. Jeffries, the Democratic leader in the House, has indicated that there seems to be a lot of good things in what the Speaker's proposing, as has Senator Schumer over on the Senate side. So you have the two Democratic leaders saying nice things uh, about the possibility of working with the House Speaker on getting this done for this week anyway. And as I understand it, Howard, and you probably are, are reading the same stuff I am to some extent, that it's not going to have any controversial right-wing Republican stuff in the bill, in the in the continuing resolution. And that way the Democrats can support it. And what the Speaker's gambling, it seems to be, that he'll pick up enough Democrats to offset the Republicans that will vote against it. Yeah, Wouldn't because, that be a different change? Because, yeah, because <laughs> if he doesn't have, if it does not have a lot of right-wing talking point items in it, he's not yeah. going to get some of that hard-right caucus that he's been, well, he hasn't been fighting, but that's been very vocal uh, this entire session, going back to uh, trying to you know prevent McCarthy from getting in there, so he right. will, he will have to either try to overcome the objection of some in his own party, or more likely, it looks like as you just said, that uh, the Democrats will kind of help him out a bit. Yeah, and I think that'll be interesting to see uh, because uh, you know we talked about that sort of briefly the last time when McCarthy was was here, you know, and and uh, he. Was, he was supposed to have cut a deal with Jeffries, for example, at one point, and then part of that deal reportedly was he went, he McCarthy went and let them bring up the impeachment stuff against Biden, and then they went ahead and did that. So that's why Democrats sat on their hands during the vote that cost McCarthy his speakership. That's the reported rumor up on the Hill, and there's probably some truth to that. So this looks like that John Speaker Johnson, uh, you know, is avoiding that and is going to offset that. So, you know, what is it, about 10 votes, Howard, 10, 15 maybe Republican votes uh, that, that he would have to, Johnson might yeah. have to worry about? I, I, that's, at that's the the, I, honestly, I think that's at the outside, but yeah, that's... Yeah, the outside, yeah, the most, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> right. so if he picks up, you know, if Jeffries is in on this, he's going to deliver more than 15 votes. Sure. And that will at least, and they're still talking about doing it in two stages, is that correct? Yes, yeah, that's, and I, I can't quite figure out how that part works, and I... I don't think anyone really knows. And, you know, it's, look, I'm going to give Johnson the, you know, I give him kudos for trying to figure out a way to avoid a government shutdown, which is important, as well as try to maybe restructure the way this is done in a way to appease his majority. I understand where he's coming from. Um, so let's, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, if again, I'm going to repeat the obvious, but, you know, if the Democrats work with him on this, that's a positive. 
We haven't seen much of that. He's a blank slate to me when he was elected, and yeah. some of the initial reporting that I read, maybe from left-leaning operations, suggested that he was radical and so on, and maybe he is in his philosophy. But, it, frankly, it seems to me as if he's trying to actually run the House. You know, in a way that it should be run, you know, looking to solve the problem, looking to find coalitions. Um, so, you know, he may turn out to be better than I thought in the beginning. Yeah, and here's the, here's the <clears throat> optimistic Tom speaking right now, you know, always hopeful that we can find positive pathways. Uh, I remember when some Supreme Court justices were nominated or others were elected or appointed to the Senate. And same thing, you know, we really don't know what they're going to be like. And they turn out to be very good legislators or, yes. or justices. And so, you know, sometimes people, the old adage, which hasn't really applied much recently, <laughs> but sometimes people rise to the job, you know, and they, they say, okay, I'm here now. And because he was a blank slate, he kind of came in as he did. Um, who knows, you know? Well, we'll have to see. Again, I'm, I'm feeling a little more optimistic today than I was the day he was elected. So um, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm, all right, on the Republican side of things, the Republican uh, presidential race, Trump, of course, far out in front mm -hmm. of the polling numbers and so on, had another debate this week. I didn't watch any of it, to be honest with you. Watch some of the clips, but I, I, I didn't watch any of the debate. Tim Scott has dropped out of the race. Pence is out yeah. of the race. It looks like maybe we're down to... Um, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, are those kind of where we're centering on? And the other, the other guy whose name I always have trouble yeah, pronouncing. Yeah, Swami or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or as, yeah, I, that looks or like, as I like to call him, the nutbag. Well, that's one way of putting it, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit easier, fewer syllables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I think that it's, very, it's, a, it's an incredibly different race than we've ever seen before uh, and why isn't that surprise us with donald trump because he's broken for better or worse uh, a lot of new ground he's so far ahead of the polls and from a political point of view you know, you know i talked about this before um he has a need to go to the debates it's a wise political move for him not to go to the debates he's above it and he does his thing and look at it, he's way ahead in the polls you know my question in my, the question i keep asking myself is that if um one of these four or five, you know, emerge as the alternative to Trump, who would be the strongest one, and how would that play out? You know, I think I said in my note to you this morning, you know, I'd be, I'm just curious about um, Nikki Haley, you know, against Trump, you know, former, you know, he, she was part of his cabinet at one point and, and all that. Uh, she seems to be the one really getting a lot of momentum. Christie doesn't seem to have any base in of the anti, you know, among the, beyond the anti-Trump people. And DeSantis, I just can't get a read on how good he, he could be against Trump one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe he'll, again, going back to what we said about the speaker, maybe once there's sort of like the presumptive alternative to Trump, that person will rise to the occasion. Well, DeSantis was sort of the foregone second choice, if that's the right yeah. phrase to yeah. use. Mm -hmm. But once these debates got underway, a couple of things I've noticed. I don't think DeSantis has lived up to his billing, if you will. And I yeah. also think that, again, Nikki Haley, and I like Chris Christie. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. He's not getting a lot of resonance because what he's saying is, what's wrong with you, idiot Republican Party? Don't you understand what a terrible thing Donald Trump is? And that does, doesn't res resonate well. But um, Nikki... You know, what's interesting to me, it's a part of, part of me interrupting, but I think you're right about Christie. You know, let's not forget that he was a Republican governor elected in what was then a very heavy Democratic state, 
uh, you know, in a big state, an important state for the fall election. Him, him against Biden would be a very interesting matchup. I think so, too. And I think Nikki Haley against Biden would be an interesting yes, matchup. Yes, I agree. And agree. I, I'm going to – this is sexist. I hate to even say this because I was thinking about this just this morning. Um, Nikki Haley – I think Nikki Haley has a lot to offer as a Republican. Please don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for her. But as a Republican, she's got a lot to offer. And um, But she's a woman. Are you know without a lot of you know, the women that we've seen, and Hillary Clinton spent decades preparing herself to become a presidential candidate. Uh, not that Nikki Haley doesn't have their credentials, but I, I am I being just plain sexist here, Tom? And that, and you can you can say yes. Am I being just plain sexist here? I don't think you're being sexist. I think that you're what what you're speaking of reflects a lot of the attitudes of a lot of voters. That you know a woman has to seem to have seemingly still. Uh, I have no problem saying what I'm about to say has to sort of be much, much, much better, quote-unquote, than a man just to, to seek the same office. That's been a problem for decades since I started covering politics way back in the 70s. There was a, a woman who ran for county commissioner of Westmoreland County. She cleaned up because she was just so, so good, you know, and she was a great commissioner. But she used to tell me as a young reporter, you know, I was the exception, meaning her, you know, um, that because people saw that I was qualified to vote for me, I didn't have that barrier. I think Haley, you know, Hillary Clinton, by a lot of accounts, was considered very qualified. Uh, you know, she ran for senator after being first lady, but no one sort of doubted her ability to be a senator. And Haley was a pretty good governor of South Carolina. You know, let's, let's remember she had a whole issue with the Confederate flag. So she's had a lot of things she's dealt with. But I think you're right. I think that, you know, she's not that well known. And I think that her performance in these debates has really helped her maybe mitigate some of that kind of unfortunate latent feeling that you, you know, expressed among that many voters could have. 826 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show talking to uh, Tom Scateri, our national and Pentagon correspondent. Tom, let's go over to um, the Israel-Hamas war. I don't know if you hear me say earlier, I was trying my best to watch coverage of what's happening in Gaza on the CBS Evening News last night. I couldn't take it. It is so horrific. It is so depressing. Pictures of babies that are dying. Uh, the hospital that is basically collapsed has no power. Hamas isn't really letting them out. I can't watch it. I mean, it is it is horrific what's happening there in Gaza. And your reaction is appropriate. And I, I think that that's what people need to see, how just horrific it is. Um, I'm not going to dwell into my past coverage of wars, but uh, I will say this, however, that uh, what I am seeing uh, from re- reputable journalists, okay, not either side or you know, political maneuvers is is as bad, if not worse, than anything I've ever seen. And I've had people die in my arms, you know, so it's not like I'm an innocent child here. But uh, the suffering of people in a hospital, and listen, Hamas uses hospitals and schools and other things as, as their fronts. So let's not pretend otherwise. Right. And this is not to justify what Israel's doing or anything. It's just talking about the innocent people who are being who are suffering. And you know what? I'm not hearing any plan to help them. You know, I hear what Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, is saying. It's all harsh. Listen, I understand the pain greatly of what happened in Israel. There's a report the Washington Post did that Hamas had planned to even have more terror. So, you know, let's face it, that they need to be dealt with harshly and perhaps permanently. But the innocent kids, people, kids, babies, ICU patients dying and doctors dying. Medicine's front, on frontier. You can hear our side of them. I'll calm down. Doctors mm. Without Borders. You know, very well-regarded international organization goes into these places. 
their reports of what's happening in Gaza are just, even though they're quote unquote understated, they're just I, I can't read them as just as you can't watch TV. You know, I saw one of the doctors at the, the hospital in Gaza making the comment. He says, uh, "If if you are in our hospital now and you need surgery, you will die." I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's it's a it's a foregone conclusion. If you need surgery, you will die. Um, yeah, how's that? How's that for you know, a doctor to say that? So with that in mind, and you already talked about what Netanyahu said and I and all so on, is there any hope for any kind of humanitarian pause, humanitarian pathway to get people out uh, before the horror continues again? There just doesn't. I mean, I know that uh, President Biden kind of called for that, but I just don't see... I don't see Israel moving in that direction. So here's the way it would work, and it's not going to work. <laughs> okay? okay, we gotcha. just had this big. Oh, I'm I'm being honest here. We just had this, there was this big summit over the weekend of the Arab League as well as the Organization of Islamic States. Those are states that are Muslim countries that are not Arab, such as Iran or Turkey. They had a big meeting over the weekend in Saudi Arabia, and they you know denounced Israel's actions in Gaza. They called for the end of weapon transfer. Blah blah blah. No proposal to help the Gaza people. No money, you know, I think Saudi Arabia last week pledged $17 million to help Gaza. Howard, that's tip money, right? you know, for the Saudis, as I said, I think I said last week. They're the, the, that's the league that can come in and say to Hamas, we're going to go in and evacuate these people or provide humanitarian aid, all the stuff that needs to be done. The West will help. They're, you know, they give an aid corridor over from Cyprus over the Mediterranean. There are ways to do it, but the people who can do it the best, the Middle East countries, not Israel, they don't want to. Um, again, I just I can't watch it. Sorry, uh, it's so I, depressing. I, it is. It's just it's just it's just horrifically depressing. Is there any good news? I, you, you, yeah, I, we're seeing yeah. an increase in international students in this country. Is that good news? That's that's good news. I think that's good news and. Uh, and that means that, you know, the whole idea of COVID keeping students out is over. And it's going to be good news for a lot of our schools because domestic enrollment in colleges is down. Now, you know, college education isn't, you know, the thing everyone needs to have. And I'm not saying it is. But, you know, institutions are suffering because enrollments are down. COVID took a big hit. And so, you know, college enrollment in this country from the domestic folks went down 3.6%. Uh, overall international students grew by 12% in the last academic year. So that offsets that, you know. And a lot more from India, which is good. If you look at the long term, I'll, I'll swing it back to the Pentagon and diplomacy here. If you're looking at the push the United States has to get closer to India diplomatically and militarily, you know, future leaders of India coming to study the United States could be helpful. That worked before during the Cold War. It could work again. You know, Secretary Austin and Blinken were just in India earlier this week, so... There's a plus. <laughs> All right, Tom, appreciate your time this morning. I do have to move on. Thanks you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, again, uh, tough things with, uh, uh, with the Hamas situation and um, interesting stuff happening on Capitol Hill. I guess sh- shutdown would come this week, right, if we don't? Yes, uh, Friday, Friday. If, they yeah, don't, Friday. If, if there's not an agreement, which I think you and I feel there probably will be, if there's not an agreement, by the time you and I talk again next week, we could be in the midst of a government shutdown, right? Yeah, or we could be popping the cork and saying, look at this, it worked. It worked. Look at this, it worked. (laughs) All right, appreciate it, Tom. I always do. Thanks very much, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. All 
All right. See you, Howard. Bye-bye. Tom Scateri is our national correspondent, Pentagon reporter, the Pentagon poet. I love that. I love that you get. We got a nice uh, intro for him. Good yeah, job. we'll have to use that on uh, Tuesdays, Howard. Good job. I like that. He's our poetry man. 8.32, till the hour. Let's see. Randy and Larry and Judy and Chris, Mike. Dave, Mark are all uh, on the Facebook Live video feed watching us this morning here. You sound like Santa Claus over there, Howard. <laughs> I was, th- You know what? I was actually thinking of the old romper room where she would say, and magic mir- I see through my magic mirror, I see little Bobby and little Danny and so on. So um, I don't know how this works. There's a line here on my screen, my Facebook Live screen with, uh, with all these people. And it says, bring them on video. If I push that button, would they come, would, would they suddenly show up? A shot out. <laughs> They're all dropping off now. They're probably all in their pajamas here this morning. Anyway, again, uh, Facebook Live, it's, a, it's sort of the whim of me on any given moment. We're not doing the whole show, Facebook Live, but I am just throwing it up there from time to time. Uh, Tom Scateri, thank you for uh, the last segment. And coming up next, Brad McElhaney the, uh, uh, from Metro News. He and I will talk about... The Justice Companies have filed a billion-dollar lawsuit against their banker, Carter uh, Bank, and the banker has filed $300 million claim against Justice. And remember what Jim said this past week. Now, you don't worry. Everything's good in Jim's neighborhood. We'll talk about that with Brad McElhinney coming up in a minute or two. Right now, uh, Tony Caridi is standing by in a minute, so we've got the Mountaineer Report for you. And right now we have Ohio Valley headlines from Taylor Long. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 14th. New Martinsville police tell us that a fire yesterday afternoon resulted in a double-wide trailer being completely destroyed. The double-wide trailer was located on the street from the New Martinsville school. Officials tell us there were no injuries. New Martinsville Fire Department, Sardis Fire, and some other units from the surrounding area responded to the blaze. Details are still limited right now, but stay with 7 News for additional updates. And looking to Harrison County yesterday, a man agreed to a plea deal for his involvement in the death of his eight-year-old daughter. Christopher Merkins and his girlfriend, Jessica Currents, were charged following the death of eight-year-old Peyton Merkins at their previous residence in Moorfield in June of 2021. Earlier this year, Currents pled guilty to several charges, including reckless homicide, at Harrison County Common Pleas Court. Just prior to the commencement of the jury selection for his trial, Merkins entered a plea agreement for child endangerment. His sentencing is scheduled for December 5th. And listen to this, for over 20 years, a Caring Place Child Advocacy Center has been a vital resource for Jefferson County's children. Each year, the center honors an individual with the Helen Karasi Child Advocacy Award for their significant contributions. This year, the award was presented to Russell Russ Curry, a dedicated community servant. During a reception on November 9th, he expressed his gratitude and emphasized the center's importance to the county's children. And don't forget, we want to honor a remarkable woman who makes a difference in our community. If you know an outstanding woman, we encourage you to nominate her for our Remarkable Woman Contest. Just visit WTRF.com and click on the Contest tab. There you will see the Remarkable Woman section where you can nominate a woman of your choice. But remember, you cannot nominate yourself. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. 
Near basketball team getting ready for a bounce back opportunity as it hosts Jacksonville State tonight inside the Coliseum. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's game night for the Mountaineer basketball team as Coach Josh Eilert and his squad try to bounce back after last Friday's loss to Monmouth. We'll tip it off tonight inside the Coliseum against Jacksonville State at 7 p.m. Our pregame coverage will begin at 6. This will be the second meeting all-time between the two schools. West Virginia won the first ever meeting, but it was dangerously close. Back on December the 22nd of 2018, Jacksonville State visits the Coliseum. The game goes down literally to a final shot. West Virginia hung on 74-72 after Jacksonville State's Jason Burnell missed what would have been a game-winning three-point shot. It hit the rim, it bounced out, and West Virginia prevailed 74-72. As for this year's edition of Jacksonville State, they will come into the game 1-1 one and one on the season. They lost game number two over the weekend to Utah Tech. Jacksonville State, if it rings a few bells, yes, this is the school that Rich Rodriguez, the former Mountaineer head coach, currently coaches the football team. As for the basketball team, Ray Harper is in his eighth season as the head coach, and he's very, very good. He led Jacksonville State to their first ever NCAA tournament in 2017. Previous stops include Kentucky Wesleyan, where he won a pair of Division II national championships, and he also holds the NCAA record for most consecutive 30-win seasons with six of those. Once again, tip-off tonight, set for seven, will be on the air at six. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I regret 
20 till the hour. Watchdog morning show. It is a Tuesday. 35, the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 33 at the Highlands. 27 degrees in my backyard in Elm Grove and 33 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be sunny today, high around 53 or so, up close to 60-ish tomorrow and uh, mid-60s on Thursday. Nice sunny days the next several days. Rain for a good bit of the day on Friday. And then again, Saturday, Sunday, nice, sunny, and pleasant temperatures. A little cooler maybe, but sunny and pleasant nonetheless. We wrap up our football Fridays, and it's going to be rainy, crummy Friday. That's exactly right. Uh, 19 to the, We're not doing anything this week, though. We aren't. Uh, no. Uh, it looks like our football Fridays will be here in the studio, Howard. But uh, just a little chilly out there, and uh, Wheeling Park is gone now. I think we're down to, on the West Virginia side. Boy, I'm going to mess this up. Cameron? Weir? <laughs> and Weirden, Yes. And on the Ohio side, I think we're down to Caldwell, which I mentioned uh, earlier. earlier with fond the memories. The nicest town around. I, b- I believe so. And there's a lot of good ones, believe me. And uh, Steubenville, I think, are the two Ohio teams, Howard. Unless, I, of course, I'm missing one. It could well, be. We wish all of them well as they move along in their individual playoff uh, berths. Um, our good friend Donnie uh, Gilbert is uh, continuing to recuperate. So it'll be a slider for Gilbert again this week. And I'm sure this is the last one because the following Thursday is... Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And I think that finally got through to Donnie. I think Donnie irritated his doctor so much that the doctor <laughs> said, look, this is a schedule. This is a plan that we have, Donnie. And we all know how much Donnie really likes to plan things out. Yeah. The doctor said, no, no, <laughs> no. This is part of the scheduling. You'll go back after Thanksgiving. So Bear and I, Lowell will be in, Mr. Wright. And Howard, it's kind of fun. I, I think you would enjoy this. You know, we're doing that Thursday. The very next day is the uh, Wheeling Christmas Parade, but also Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld comes to town, and we always do our Mount Rushmore uh, segment. And I thought it would be fun to do our Mount Rushmore, instead of the, the core of four, the main characters, what other character on Seinfeld Ooh. that you thought was the funniest, that just made you laugh. Ooh, wow. And there's a lot of them out there because yeah, there's I mean, a lot of characters. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pop some names out of here because it's not like stealing anything. There are so many. So many. Uh, the Soup Nazi is one of my favorites. He's probably the one at the top that everyone probably thinks of. Uh, of course, Newman. You can't, you know, you think about Newman. He's going to get some votes. Newman. Um, uh, 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 Banya. Remember Banya? I never warmed up to him. But, yeah, I mean, he was on, what, two, three, maybe four different episodes. Yeah, he was annoying. Off the uh, Frio Stack Oxervist text line, Newman with an exclamation point coming in here. I'm not going to give anything away either, Howard, because I'll tell you the guy that just absolutely kills me every time he's on. But I'll give you another one. He was only on one episode and then the, the, the finale. But it was Mr. Bookman, the library oh, cop. I, loved him. I just watched. Just, I he, just watched that this week. That I could watch hilarious. that fifty times, and it still makes me laugh. I mean, what what a great character! They should have brought him back more often. I want to tell you, Joy Boy. <laughs> Think about that little kid who's going to read a book at the library, and uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. Bookman. <laughs> he was it was a phenomenal character. I love that. We got a great character coming up. It's uh, Brad Macklin, and he's next. Sorry, I threw you a curve there. I was just going to try it. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Monday edition of the show, we'll get you ready for Monday Night Football and take a look back at a busy sports weekend. Jeff Paul Smith will be here at 4 o'clock, and Carly joins me in studio at 5, plus your calls, texts, tweets, interrupt, and our question of the day. 
Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Whether you're a homeowner, do-it-yourselfer, or professional contractor, the Flooring Center is your trusted partner. With our expert designers, professional installers, and massive inventory of luxury waterproof flooring, carpet, tile, hardwood, backsplash, cabinets, and countertops, no project is too tough to handle. From the first consultation to the final installation, we're there with you every step of the way. The Flooring Center, centered around you. Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news. From the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, The Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's. Only on The Watchdog. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. the hour here watchdog morning show 35 at the airport 33 at the highlands 27 in elm grove and 33 here at the robinson otter group studios downtown wheeling heart of the ohio valley going to be a sunny day daytime high gets up to around 53 hopefully another nice day like it was yesterday should be sun was bright yesterday just bright shining it was just a gorgeous day uh, yesterday get out and do something if you possibly can welcome to the show our friend brad mcelany from metro news good morning mr mcelany Oh, hi, Howard. I'm here to explain it all. Well, I need I need help. I need explanations here. It seems like every time I talk to you, we've got another tiny, either tiny or gigantic, twist or turn in the financial situation of Jim Justice, his family, and his companies. Um, got a press release I did yesterday, as we all did, from the Justice companies. They have now, I guess as a countersuit, or they have sued Carter Bank, who is trying to collect hundreds of millions of dollars from them, the Justice Company suing Carter Bank for a billion bucks. What's going on here? <laughs> yes, differences of opinion <laughs> with a lot of money on the line. And you are right. If, if audience, I'm sorry, if you'll get your whiteboards out. Yeah, this, this is a long one, time. This, this is one we're going to, we, you have to pay a little bit of attention, and I know it kind of gets a little in the weeds, but it's really important stuff, I think. I mean, there really is a lot of money on the line, and Justice made his political bones on his business acumen. People would say, I love what he did with the Greenbrier. Well, one way he was able to buy the Greenbrier was with his longstanding relationship with his lender, which is Carter Bank and Trust of Virginia. The bank was headed up by a guy named Worth Carter, and he and Justice had a close personal relationship and from the court filings it looks like lending terms reflected that that, that they were a little friends and family well worth Carter died and then you know just normal bankers took over carter <laughs> bank and trust yeah. and they became more restrictive and wanted more professional terms on the lending deals 
So it, it was a more restrictive setup for Justice and his families. On, on one whiteboard, the Carter Bank whiteboard audience, now the justices defaulted, didn't make their payments on $300 million in loans. $300 million. And, and personally guaranteed by Jim Justice and to a lesser degree by Kathy, who was the first lady, and, and their son, Jay. So Carter had enough. They took it to court, and, and they essentially have moved their chips in, and they're, they intend to be cashing in on the $300 million. No ifs, ands, or buts. We, we've had enough. We're cashing in. There was going to be a hearing on that Wednesday. And, you know, and to my mind, one of, one of the things on the line is a loan to the Greenbrier Hotel Corporation. And I thought, oh, my gosh, well, is the, the signature piece of the justice empire on the line here, West Virginia's historic resort? Uh, so I was planning to go. I mean, it was it was that big of a deal, plus three hundred million dollars to a guy who was West Virginia's only billionaire. Uh, now the heavy front runner for U.S. Senate. I thought pretty big story if the judge says, "Yeah, you've got to transfer three hundred million dollars in assets back to your back to your bank." Well, on the other whiteboard, what happened yesterday was separately in federal court, the justices put out a lawsuit again. It's the second of its kind over the last few years. They are taking on Carter to say that Carter's lending practices are overly restrictive and that they have not allowed the justices the kind of flexibility that's necessary to succeed in their businesses. So I, I don't, to me, nobody, this is not filings. It, it does not say in capital letters, Brad, this filing was laid down Monday to counteract the other filing, but that's what I read into it. Certainly, the timing let's is. Let's be honest; it's, not it seems that way. I mean, you know, some, there's some common sense connection you can make there. It certainly seems that way. Um, and it, um, without taking sides, and I mean that honestly, because I'm just I'm not enough of an accountant to know. This, my sense is, though, the Carter Bank has been relatively patient up until now. It has, it has occasionally resulted in apparent anger and frustration on both sides. And in, in 2021, this very same set of circumstances unfolded, but with a little less money. Uh, Carter at that point was going for $58 million, which I thought was at the time an enormous amount, personally guaranteed, again, by the governor and his wife. And the justices responded by suing. And so that was a federal lawsuit and they were at odds over that for several weeks and and then they reached an agreement off the books it came off the table they renegotiated the terms of the loans and things went quiet for two years until it popped out again in april and the allegation was that the justices had defaulted on the renegotiated loans and here we go, off to the races again. Uh, again, Carter says a bigger amount. You owe us $300 million. You signed it. We are cashing in. And again, the justices respond by filing a federal lawsuit over it. It's, you know, all of this has happened before, and all of it will happen 
again. But the justice, the, <laughs> I would not be surprised if they again settle and and do it again. Go into a quiet period. It's dormant, and and then it out of pops with more frustration. But the justice suit, the billion dollar suit they brought against Carter Bank, is not a claim that they don't owe the money. If I understand it correctly, it's not a claim that they don't owe the three hundred million. It's a claim that. Carter Bank is making it hard for them to conduct business that maybe they could pay that back. I mean, am I, am I right? The countersuit is not really saying, hey, we don't owe the money, or or is it? I agree with that interpretation. They are saying a couple things. That, that from the time of Worth Carter and his friendly lending policies until the president, present, Carter became more restrictive and and more and more so of the recent conflicts and that 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 restrictiveness has has actually made it so that the justices can't you know have outlays can't uh, invest in things can't get the make the capital purchases that they need during uh, still challenging times especially in the coal industry uh, can't transfer the debt to another lender that they say, you know, that would help if, if they could just get a completely new business relationship with someone else. Uh, and finally, that, that Carter has refused to communicate with them. If you if you if your sympathy lies with Carter, I think where they stand is when they have verbal conversations with the justices, you know, it, and anybody can take a verbal conversation a little bit differently and take yep. license with what is said. They want it in writing. Well, and and the justices say that is too restrictive. So, a lot of things that kind of add up to the justices claiming bad faith business practices. And 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 I'm sort of drawing a connection that maybe isn't here, but that part of what they're arguing may be that that's why in another case. Uh, some of the lawyers had filed a, a response to a request for re- repayment, saying we got no money. There was that. Uh, there, there was the, the one filing that said uh, that we we have no assets, we have no money, we have no cash. Essentially, the the barrel is empty, right? And to some extent, maybe that's kind of where they're at with this. That Carter Bank is putting them in that position. I don't know. I'm trying to trying to put this in some I, sort I of think- layman's terms. Yeah, I think that's the allegation on the justice side that they would be in better shape if their lender gave them oxygen. But you know, Carter Bank has gotten to the point they're so frustrated that they just there's not a level of trust. Um, so I, I think that is that is at play that there are all these other other business partners of the justices who have go, grown frustrated, and that frustration has resulted in a variety of court cases saying, you know, you stiffed us. The justices saying, well, you know, we don't our, our lending agreements are so tight that we don't have an oxygen supply of cash to pay anything over on the other side. And then, you know, finally, obviously, this is a guy who is in a high profile race for U.S. Senate and he might win one way or another. The polls will tell you he will, but it's not a good look to have all these debt issues. And if he can at the least make this go quiet again, uh, that would be better politically for him. But now, correct me if I'm wrong, and you and I haven't talked about this since I believe this comment was made last week. Apparently, Jim's house is going to be fine. 
Jim's house is going to be fine. Jim's neighborhood is fine. It's not your business, Howard. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's that's also where he stands on it. I mean, there, it, it's hard to ignore. He is he, a he's the governor, and his political reputation began with his business acumen. B he is the leading candidate for U.S. Senate. Uh, C this Carter Banks lawsuit itself says that the justices are one of West Virginia's largest employers which in itself makes this kind of thing news. I mean, it becomes business news. So, of course, there are going to be questions, but the governor would insist to me and you and anybody else that he'll take care of things, it's not our business, and things are fine in Jim's neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, those were a couple of quotes, or a quote I think he gave last week. And correct me if I'm wrong, he almost spontaneously brought this up at a briefing last week, right, where he just sort of said, now, you guys are all after my... Uh, business dealings, and don't you worry, everything's fine. He did. Uh, so a, thing, a few things have happened. The Gazette Mail has had regular coverage of, you know, just a span of conflicts with the businesses in the court system, including one where one of the justice companies, Southern Coal, can't pay his workers' comp right now. So, I mean, you're talking about the chief executive who is the, the patriarch of the family company, and it can't pay its required West Virginia workers' comp uh, is is a foul of the state law on that. So, all right, that's a story, and it's been in the Gazette Mail. Uh, Hoppy bounced off of that and did a commentary and a back-and-forth conversation like he would do with me and you, but it was with Mark Curtis of the Next Star Stations about what is the deal with, with Justice's finances. Let's size this up. Um, and then I asked several questions in a row at the most recent briefing about some aspects of the governor's U.S. Senate financial disclosure. He he then circled back during his conclusion of his briefing where he can talk about anything. It's At, at that point, it's open forum, and it's up to justice just to talk about what's on his mind. Well, what he selected was the stuff about my neighborhood is fine, um, Jim's house, don't worry about it. And so I, I took it to be pushback on, you know, just all of that, that, that he is frustrated by the continued questions, not about state policy, but about the, the businesses that he has no blind trust for and that, that continue to be in the news because of their conflicts. Uh, I'm out of time. i got to move on. Just a real quick question. Does anybody know where the chopper is? There was going to be a hearing this week on Chopper. I was going to go to it. It's been canceled because of a venue question. Uh, in, in part, you know, the, the Chopper keeps moving from one place to another. But the, the appropriate venue is supposed to be Roanoke. It was The hearing was in next door Abingdon. Uh, what the difference is, I don't know. But there was a motion to move the hearing to Roanoke, so it's going to be at a later date. All right, so we still don't know where the chopper is and, and who's, going to, who's going to get it in the end. Hey, Brad, i got to run. Appreciate your time. As always, we continue to watch you at w, look for your reports at wvmetronews.com. Follow you on XX and uh, listen to you on Hoppy. I will talk to you again hey, soon, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, my friend. Thanks, Howard. It's just about 9 o'clock. ABC is covering the world. We'll take a civics test next. WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News.